welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back with another Women's World Cup preview. We move on to the Matildas' second game in Group B against Nigeria. That game is taking place in Brisbane, July 27th. It's going to be a massive occasion, but that means we need to talk a little bit about Nigeria and learn a little bit about Nigeria. So we can't wait for this episode. Uh, But before we get into all of it, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. So for this episode, looking at Nigeria, you've got me, Marissa Lodanik, Angela Christian-Wilkes, Sam Lewis, Anna Harrington, and Nigerian women's football expert, Samuel Amadou. Samuel, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being part of uh, this uh, meeting. We're so excited to talk to you about this Nigerian team. So to start off, what are the expectations for the Super Falcons heading into the 2023 World Cup? Oh, well, basically, we all do have high expectations, just like the host nation, uh, Australia. Uh, I think uh, understanding the fact that we're going to uh, uh, a nice consecutive World Cup uh, is definitely another another opportunity to showcase our heritage, showcase our footballing culture, uh, showcase uh, what we know best, you know, being to almost everyone, being to every World Cup, you know, counts a lot for a country like Nigeria. And being one of the, the only uh, eight sides to have achieved this feat, uh, you know, really uh, rings bell uh, globally. So I think it's, uh, it's an exciting occasion. If Nigeria you know, is not there at the, at the Women's World Cup, it seems African probably looks absent. So uh, it's that quality of representation we want to bring to Africa. Uh, it's that uh, great eyes we want to hit again. Uh, it's been a long time uh, we did really uh, achieve something unique, uh, something uh, historic. And that's back uh, to 1999. Uh, that's in the US. So uh, this time around, I think uh, we really want to take it a notch, a notch higher. And uh, I'm not ignoring our previous uh, uh, disappointing outings, even though we, we seem to have probably called uh, got a notch higher, uh, especially at the last outing in France. Uh, you know, reaching the knockout stages, unfortunately, uh, we we were bounced out by Germany. You know, in such a humiliating fashion. But uh, this time around, I think uh, we are optimistic. Uh, we will see a lot of positives to draw from, uh, considering the form of our players, uh, considering the pedigree we have also as a country, and uh, uh, putting behind us uh, the disappointment of the women's African Club of Nations. And we believe in that our problems being in their best possible form will really bring uh, massive uh, joy to the faces of Nigerian and also uh, really help us really achieve uh, impossible things in Australia. It's, thanks for coming on, Samuel. It's, it's clearly a tough group. We've talked about that from an Australian perspective. What are the expectations in terms of getting out of this group and maybe going even further? Because obviously... Canada, Olympic champions, Australia are, are a good team. Nigeria is a good team. And even Ireland have had some good wins. What, what are the expectations, I guess, in Nigeria of how far this team should go? Well, but to be very candid, I think uh, the level of expectation is quite low, uh, especially uh, recalling what happened at the Women's African Cup of Nations. You know, uh, many, uh, possibly including me, are tampering their, their expectations with uh, some sort of... Uh, uh, patience and uh, you know not to uh, going ahead of ourselves. Uh, we understand 
uh, the quality and pedigree of opponents we are coming up against, uh, like you did mention, in Australia, New Zealand, uh, in Australia, uh, in Canada, and also in Ireland. You know, even though they are debutants, we know that anything coming from Europe are surely uh, it will definitely be a difficult side to crack. So uh, we are fully aware of uh, the size of oppositions we are facing, uh, but at the same time, we are also not leaving uh, any uh, thing in, in any any. Uh, any soul on tone, uh, seeing the quality of talent we're parading for the first time in the history of Nigeria, uh, it's looking uh, at all professional sports, uh, kind of players uh, from the foreign scene, no, practically uh, no domestic player on the squad. And, and it definitely gives you volume of hope that there is much of experience mixed with youth and talent. And, you know, and also not ignoring the fact that a lot of our talented players are also are doing pretty well in their league top leagues across Europe and also beyond. So uh, it's kind of give us some sort of a comparative advantage, especially understanding the fact that we have uh, been there severely and uh, the only possible uh, sort of concern we could have is uh, potentially the fact that uh, we are taking uh, more debutants than, uh, than experienced players, even though we know that they have also seen it all at the top level and also are holding their own in their various clubs. But again, uh, they've been uh, debutants, 13 debutants and the 23 players for dance, not also ignoring the the fact that also the coach uh, is also a first time at the Women's World Cup and at the age of 66, uh, at a tournament where you uh, you have young coaches really trying to put to display uh, their, their incredible new uh, professional coaching experiences, you know, it's definitely going to be uh, a tough call, but regardless, Nigeria always know how to uh, to do themselves proud when it's even the toughest. And this is uh, what makes us different. And when you look at the men, uh, you know the women too, we haven't really disappointed. So uh, judging by our history, especially at the World Cup stage, uh, we are never the same teams we see, you see on the African continent. We always turn out differently on the global stage. And uh, even though we may have our challenges internally, but we always, always want to turn up when it is the biggest. So I think it's, it's we really have high hopes, even though we're something with low expectations, but we believe we have a squad, we have a talent, if not the best ever. But again, we only hope that this team really blends, to blend better. We saw some great potentials from the few games they had in Turkey against New Zealand and Haiti. These are World Cup bound teams. And, you know, it gives us some sense of optimism that, yes, surely, probably something positive to come out of this team. So I think we're not ignoring uh, the potential we have in our team, but we believe strongly uh, in the unity. We believe strongly in the strength and uh, uh, the physicality of our players. I, I was kind of uh, present also at the at the Winnipeg Stadium when Canada played, when Australia played uh, Nigerian team. Even though the result was disappointing, but I think it was quite a tough game and end to end tough. We had that day. Uh, obviously, Australia were tactically better, but I think. Such memories are still fresh in the in, in the in the minds of most of our guests who saw that game, the likes of Asita Deshwala, of Shonashopali. I know quite a number of them, Halima Twanyede, who really felt uh, we were shot by just uh, a show of inexperience. But this time around, a lot of them have come to the ranks. They've seen they're going to most definitely their second World Cup. And most of them also who are already in the twilight of their career who want to always uh, probably leave the stage uh, with their heads of eye. So I think it's a massive opportunity for the player possibly reaching 
uh, the, 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 the twilight of their career, and definitely those are coming on uh, the block to ensure that, yes, they put up a policy display and also show the world that, yes, uh, we are definitely not different. We can't do it again. You've mentioned the disappointment of the 2022 WAFCON. I was hoping maybe you could expand on that a little bit. Um, was that a wake-up call for Nigeria? Were there any lessons to be learned from their placing in the tournament? Oh, well, definitely, no doubt. Lessons will always be learned from uh, a disappointing result. And uh, uh, for everyone, even in Nigeria, this is a major reason why we, we seem not to be too uh, anxious about what we could meet in Australia. But regardless, uh, uh, looking through how the tournaments went, we, we came short in our opening game against South Africa. Uh, we sort of bounced back in the second game, uh, you know, having a very uh, resounding win. And, you know, against, uh, against Boston, these are debutants in the tournament. And we, we kind of really do better reaching the, the knockout stages. Uh, you know, saw how we won against Cameroon. Uh, you know, we, even though not convincing, but again, uh, we showed the character that we expected. And most importantly, the, probably the biggest game uh, of the competition was Nigeria-Morocco, uh, Morocco-Nigeria. I know that even best five we played against nine players. Uh, we played we played with nine players against 11. Uh, we were really, really, really uh, a team to beat. We were just uh, at our best and we were still even good enough to have won the game even before going into a short time. So, but uh, it's, it's, we've shown that quality that, yes, Nigeria any day, any time, will always bring surprises. And uh, uh, it's not about how we ended. But again, I think, like you said, the lessons will prepare for me. And the lessons are basically, we're wearing at our best. We have a lot of talents who were absent. We have also some players who were sent for most of our best days from the game. Rashida, who you know so well, uh, as it's my very superstar, she's doing pretty well. And uh, she also was the joint top scorer in the tournament. Uh, being red-carded, Halima Tonyde, another experienced player playing with Rosakard and Skidin. Uh, you know, this quality legs definitely, uh, the absence really can. But again, we understand the virus, the, the new virus that was introduced. These things happen. Definitely players are becoming more aware, seeing what impact that could also do to their game and also to the results uh, on the pitch. So I think uh, these are quite a few lessons that will take from us. Regardless, we have several new players who are also being injected uh, seven players who didn't feature uh, at the at the Watson tournament are now included in this squad. So uh, there's been a lot of difference uh, in this team and a lot of injections, a lot of new additions, first load, you know, and uh, this time around, we definitely would not feel like we would struggle uh, if we could get our factors right and also put uh, our, our mindset in place. And one exciting factor for me is uh, the, the, the people of money. It's definitely going to be a massive, uh, motivation for the girls, you know, you're coming from environments and from uh, leagues where you hardly could end even up to a thousand dollars. And, you know, you've seen $30,000 for a good stage. Oh my God, the slogan in the mind of these girls to be candid with you is, we die here. That's the local palace. That's what we say. We'll die here. We'll fight for the money. We, we, we go on to the pitch. We will fight. We'll die. We can feel our blood and come out for life. So it's it's the spirit. It's the momentum. And I think these are the sort of character we've seen in Nigeria and give them this is what has also uh, showcased our, our, our dominance on the, on the captain continent. It's not that the composition is not there, but again, we've always seen character that, yes, we are Nigeria. And whenever it's the toughest, we show character. So uh, we are not disappointed if, uh, unnecessarily by what happened in Morocco. We knew the odds were against us, and we also know that 
it was also a wake-up call for the players and for the coach. But regardless, I think the coach on his own perspective, it was also his first major tournament after his experience with Trinidad and Tobago. And coming to see how Nigerians reacted, painfully, it was our worst ever con uh, uh, experience. And definitely he also understands now that Nigerian fans don't deal with defeat lightly. So he knows the burden uh, on his shoulders and definitely he can afford to also disappoint. So and this is also what has informed his vision to go for more experience, go for more quality in the team. And we can only hope that definitely uh, his inexperience on the global stage with Demi Lockhart against him and also Nigerians. But again, uh, regardless, we are optimistic. Afcon is behind us. Uh, we want to really showcase to the world that, yes, uh, we are the best uh, that we could be, especially in a global competition like this. You mentioned the players there, Samuel, have been chosen for this final squad. There are a lot of debutants. There are a lot of younger players. For people listening to this podcast, they're all probably familiar with Asisato Shwala, who plays for Barcelona, but they probably don't know very many of the other players. So for people listening to this, who are some players that you think we should keep an eye on? Well, we have great potential in the team at the moment. I think uh, for Greenhorns in the team, like I said earlier, testing the uh, for those who already know, you you definitely probably will be aware of, uh, if not keeping track enough, uh, aware of uh, Esther Coronco, who uh, won the, uh, the, the French second division with uh, Saint-Étienne, AS Saint-Étienne in France, and already now made a switch uh, to Udigi uh, Tenerife in Spain already, joining Gift Monday. And probably some did uh, uh, the glimpse of quality gives mom, gives mom they did display that women's afcon. You know, she was running around the park uh, with so much hunger and also a great spirit, especially against Morocco. And you know, she has now managed to play just a season uh, in Spain with Tenerife, and uh, she has some great potentials and definitely uh, one player that you need to keep an eye on. And I've mentioned Esther Coronco gives Monday in Spain. Uh, both teams, both players now will be playing for the same team in the next coming season. Uh, we also have another player in Spain with uh, uh, Star de Ren. That's uh, Rocky, two players actually, Rocky, uh, Rocky Ademora and also Tosin Demendis are two defenders. They were one of our classic actors at the under 20 Women's World Cup in Costa Rica last year. They were incredible. And I think uh, they integrated beautifully well. And if you watch our recent friendlies, uh, the coach around the world has come to understand that these are the players. They have come to say they had a fantastic regular season with Saturday Rams, and uh, they, they really are hungry to take over the, the, the reins. And I think uh, they, they are now looking mature enough, even though they are new to the stage, but definitely they are not showing any inexperience. Having seen the experience they've gone from their club level and having played against top teams, PSGs, the Leons, you know, so uh, it's it's massive opportunity we've seen for uh, the, the MRI is a left back, Tosin Demay is a centre back, and possibly a potential replacement uh, for uh, the likes of Onamedi, who is already uh, uh, probably will be kissing a goodbye uh, to our World Cup appearance, and you know, having recorded the the, the highest ever World Cup appearance, both men and women for Africa, going to our fifth uh, ever World Cup, uh, I think so. It's massive. We have I've mentioned, but we are, we also have. Uh, the, the likes you already know, Halima Twanyede, definitely uh, another experienced player in the team, Osnacho Hale, another defender, you know, who uh, plays for Alaves in Spain. Halima Twanyede with Rosengard, uh, with that's the champions of, uh, of Sweden. So, uh, quite a number of players. I must, and Tony Payne, too, coming from Sevilla, you know, she played previously for 
uh, the, the eighth grade teams of the U.S. national team of the U.S. So uh, she, she comes along with a lot of experience. She's been playing uh, in Spain uh, with Sevilla for over four seasons now, uh, if, not, if not even more. So uh, I think uh, we, we have quite a quality leg. Rashida Ajibade, you already know, she, uh, she's been uh, a superb. She was a top scorer with Atletico Madrid just last season. They won uh, the, 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 uh, the Spanish Cup. Uh, you know, she, she won the Spanish club and finished with top, the top, top score of the team, 10 goals, 5 assists, you know. So we have these massive potentials, you know, to, to, to mention a few. We have these massive potentials uh, in the team that I just cannot live for. But again, I think these are characters, these are, are magnificent players who are in their right prime, who are in the good age and also in the ready frame of mind to really uh, get to the stage and also do amazing things. I mean, you mentioned some of these players that have gone and maybe played for other national teams at youth level, or you look at this squad and, and it really is from everywhere, Europe, England, the US players are playing. What sort of, is there, has there been a concerted effort to focus on getting players in from the diaspora, as well as players who are, say, born and raised in Nigeria? We've, we've seen it with lots of national teams. Is, is it, has it been a concerted effort with the Nigerian national team? Absolutely. I personally, I, I, I am also a very contributing factor because uh, by chance of uh, being a global red uh, journalist, uh, I also in touch with a lot of Nigerian players born abroad. You know, the like uh, I forgot to mention uh, Ashley Plumper. You know, she's been an incredible talent since joining the team and a great addition. Apologies, not mentioning her in the first place. Kind of uh, escaped my head, and I think she's been a massive, massive plus to Nigeria since joining, you know, adding a lot of uh, quality, a bit of experience uh, in terms of play tactically and also uh, improve the quality of the team. And, you know, you've seen some of these foreign lads. We know over the years we've not been uh, having much of presence in terms of experience, miss football culture, and this somehow is improving the quality of the team. It's also raising uh, the standard of play and also uh, bringing in so much mix of culture, we're mixing, seeing how best we could combat the European teams, and I think this definitely will help. We we'll rub off uh, on the team in the long run. Why? Because one, these are players also in their in their in their in their very in their prime. They are in good shape. They're playing regularly for their clubs, right? So uh, when you talk about Tony Payne, you talk about Ashley Plumper, and we have quite a number of them still coming through. Some of them having their adjustment be sorted and the switch possibly uh, in, in, in work. I really can't mention names, but again, I know quite pretty a number of them are also working. And on the local scene, we have so many players who we think have potential. And like you saw, uh, we have uh, right now, the competition has moved beyond uh, Nigerian foreign players and Nigeria home-based players. Now we have so much migration from Nigeria abroad. And you know, Nigeria seems to be uh, the maker for European teams to really come to Africa to to uh extract talent and at least explore them so easy so it's easier that we move talent abroad on a daily and we have so much after brazil and a few number of countries nigeria seems to be uh, one of the market exporters of women's talent uh, especially when you go by a uh, fifa uh fifa fifa documentation so uh, i think at this point we, we're really doing a, a lot a lot behind the scenes to ensure that we really get those quality legs uh, from different uh, countries globally to ensure that yes we could improve uh, the quality of the team and also uh, ensure that, yes, both on the local and foreign scene, we could ensure that we have so much uh, the team to rely on and improve our quality of performance, especially on the global scene. 
It's a very similar situation to Australia in the sense that all of our national team players are overseas now, whereas our domestic league seems more to be like a development league for the next generation of players. Can you explain to us what the domestic league is like in Nigeria for women? Is it doing a similar thing, producing players for the national team to then go abroad? Absolutely. I think, unfortunately, at this point, you know, it's been a talk of war. We knowing that, uh, uh, like you said, it's, it's pretty similar. Uh, they, 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 like I said earlier, the challenge has moved past uh, a foreign-based player playing against a home-based player. Now, it's even much more between foreign bonds and foreign-based Nigerian players. <laughs> so now, most uh, domestically players know they need to do pretty good to move abroad, and especially those that have good exposure with the national team, uh, by Providence, Nigeria, almost features in almost every youth national, every youth or FIFA tournament. So it's quite easier. You've seen a lot of them, you know, like you did remember recently, we finished third in uh, in India, uh, best of performance in the under 17 Women's World Cup. And, you know, quite a lot of potentials from that tournament, they've already graduated to the senior team and already integrating. And uh, like you did saw from the Costa Rica tournament, we had more than four players who have moved abroad and already gaining experience because we know that uh, quality of the league now uh, is incomparable to what is abroad. They need new environment, they need new ideas, they need to learn and relearn. And at least they also need to understand the fact that they will be competing with some of these foreign players on the long run. So the earlier they move abroad, the earlier they gain the exposure, the earlier they gain those professional experience, the better for the country. So it's, it's, it's a win-win situation for the country, especially when you know you have more opportunity of earning better, you increase uh, the, 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 the uh, financial income for the country and also for your family. So uh, it's, it's a massive uh, uh, roadmap for the players, for the team, and also for the domestically, even though domestically we're also pushing to ensure that we have more players still being able to make the domestic, make the national team directly from the home base team. And we, we had that during the Nations Cup. Uh, Gibbs Monday, she was our best player in uh, the domestic league. Uh, she, she won the league. She won. She finished the top scorer. She finished the most valuable player. And you know, by virtue of that achievement, she had to make the Nations Cup squad, even though uh, it was a very difficult uh, a challenge because we have so many players also holding their own in, in, in abroad. A lot of players who could even make the World Cup squad is listless. Uh, mentioning players who are having a wonderful season abroad as we speak and they cannot. You know, I just can't mention. Uh, except we'll get into that, but. Quite a number of names, major absentees from this World Cup squad. And so we must have the thought that, well, Nigeria is a country with so much talent, considering our population, and definitely uh, now the burden is on Nigeria to ensure that we also develop our league, potentially to standard that would also ensure we have players who could also compete directly with the national team players on those playing abroad. And at the same time, I wouldn't have to hesitate to to, to, to be in a rush to go in abroad, and why? Because they want to play for the national. Samu, we saw um, in the squad announcement that Ngozi Okobi was left out, and that seemed like it was quite controversial. She maybe didn't take it well. What what was the reaction to that? Is Has it been disruptive? And were, were you surprised that she was left out? I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I don't know. My voice will be sounding the way because I... Uh, Personally, been very involved with the Nigerian national team for, for over a decade. Uh, I know too well uh, what goes and what, what comes. 
and you know, having also great relations with all the coaches involved, you know, uh, for for that time long. So for that timeline, I think uh, it's understandable coaches make decisions, and it's also fair. As soon as we also get a criticized from their decision, which is practically professional, uh, I think uh, they also have a job to do. Uh, you get it, and uh, I know it definitely would be a tough decision, and I think it was also without a, an internet torso, especially with of the coach and also with the federation, but uh, sometimes he, he has made his decision and no doubt, like you've read on social media, it will never be taken so easily. And, you know, she was a major option. She was a major omission. She was a major exception too. So uh, it's no doubt creating opera and definitely will continue to. And I think this are part of the excitement the women's team get. Uh, we have, like I said, we have loads of talents who were missing. Uh, we have Anna Imo, who is doing pretty well in Spain, in Sweden with Tito? Uh, uh, if you do follow, she she just scored. Uh, she, she has nine goals in twelve games. Massive. Sweden is one of the top leagues also in, in in Europe, and you can't ignore that fact that such a player doing incredibly well and a young talent. Uh, she's just in uh, a little bit over twenty, like twenty one, twenty two now. You know, doing fantastically well in that country shows that we are potentials. We also have another Maclean Chinerum. Uh, in Russia with uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. So uh, she's also one of the leading scorers uh, in, in Russia. So we have great, great talented players. Regina also, she was also a teammate to, to our goalkeeper, Yewan De Balogun, and also uh, Esther Koronko in set our center at the end. They, got, they, they jointly won uh, the second division to gain promotion to the uh, French top division. So uh, she's also another talented midfielder that missed out on this. So we have quite a number of uh, players very good legs that were also super regulars and have been part of the team, even from the home front, uh, who have been part of the setup, who were involved in many of our places, tournaments, in many of our, of, our, of our camps, but couldn't make it. But again, truly, no doubt, understanding the impact Ngozi Kobe are played in the qualification. She was uh, an incredible figure. She, she inspired our winner against Cameroon. She started off the attack, you know, uh, making such a dazzling minute to the Cameroonian defense, you know, uh, before setting up, uh, uh, before setting up, if you're playing in the U.S. for uh, for Gotham, and also uh, for if you're to make that fantastic cross for uh, Atletico Madrid, Rafael Ajibade to head in in the 58th minute. So it was a classic finish, and so imagine that inspiring role she played. Imagine that a very, very a giant role she played. Uh, it definitely would have really hit the wrong chord with the fans and also with many Nigerians, even the Federation. Uh, not to have seen Randy leave her, but you know, yes, to have official reaction from Randy uh, as we got that. But again, uh, it was unsurprising for me, realistically. Why? Because uh, reading through the minds of Randy and also his decisions too, especially proud to be the women's African Cup of Nations, uh, she was also not included for the work on initially provisional squad. She was left out, and you know, I really couldn't have a concrete reasons why that happened, but feel Randy had a reason and I wouldn't want to feel it is uh, practically related. I want to feel probably it's due to some personal relations. Uh, majorly probably he's not these two are not getting along well. And I think a lot in formulation of the coach it's his decision, no definitely, but I just feel on my own side, on field reasons shouldn't really affect some players who really could have Massive value, massive addition, especially considering the partner of the player who definitely 
will only deliver on the big stage. We saw the impact he made at the 2015 World Cup against Sweden. It was an incredible game that FIFA, even the record field there, that 3-3 draw. She inspired every moment of that game, the comeback. From two goals down, have finished. Every moment of that game was 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 incredible. So uh, looking at looking back at that, I think Orandi to have ignored such, it was his discretion totally. But definitely it will always be debated, even till uh, the World Cup starts and even more even after. So I think it's it was a disciple pointing decision, but realistically for me, I think it was expected seeing how things have also gone gone uh, spout with the coach and the player. So I think I, I imagine it would happen, but again, I just feel it probably was going to be a major miss, and I hope he doesn't get to haunt us at the tournament. Sam, I wanted to ask you about the conditions and support for the team off the field. Famously, in the 2019 Women's World Cup, Nigeria staged a sit-in protest because they weren't paid their bonus wages from the Federation. What's been the support like from the Nigerian Federation and from Nigeria more generally off the field for this team? Oh, well, surely it's never an incident to remember, honestly, because unfortunately uh, it was an incident that somewhat crippled and also sent us back to the drawing board. We should have possibly still have best to grow from there. But unfortunately, that incident, the process in France, for me, uh, is black and haunting shadow, who, which I feel has possibly destabilized the team uh, because we had a team on the target three under Thomas and Abby, the Swedish coach, uh, who uh, I was hoping probably we could have back. Uh, unfortunately, Randy is still in contract, so uh, his experience should never be thrown away. Uh, having achieved massively with Sweden in origin towards uh, the World Cup, uh, it's something that counted for us getting to the knockout because one we come short always the lack of experience and also uh, the quality of coaching too has been a major factor. Uh, but off the field, definitely a major factor. And you know how that incident was managed uh, during and post the World Cup, uh, I feel it was some of those lows for Nigerian football administration. And I think we could have done better, uh, especially uh, having some of these matters sorted. And you know, even for the payments of happened, it took months. So, and you know, it, it was some sort of uh, level of distrust and you know having players uh, having some sort of difficult understanding with the federation not having to find a common ground uh, these are major factors affecting countries not just the nigerian thing it's an african issue so um, it's not even about the women it's the men and it's an recurring decima shamefully uh, but again i feel we should hopefully not have such this time uh why because i'm glad money is coming through and I'm hopeful the current the new leadership we have in Nigeria and I definitely that conversation will be will be had. Agreements will be reached to avoid such unforeseen consequences and hopefully uh, the players can focus, concentrate on what happens in the pitch because uh, it's never a surprise, never anything. I've had to write so many articles why why I wasn't so, you know, uh, definitely demanding, but again it was a reality and slowly has they had to be reported. But this time around, I hope things change. I hope a lot improve. Uh, definitely, we still have, we still have issues. Uh, African teams, the Nigerian Federation, are struggling with a lot of financial problems. And, you know, uh, still part of why 
uh, they say possibly haven't even convert, converted camp. Hopefully they are coming to Australia for a local camp uh, in coming days. And uh, definitely a farewell, uh, a farewell event has been set up for them. And at least hopefully they can move to Australia earlier, the better. They can begin preparations, final preparations, and at least begin to acclimatize and at least begin to integrate and also uh, do a lot of uh, uh, finishing to their preparations. Well, we've had considering preparations, I think we have quality preparations. We've had various tournaments, the US Summer Series, we play Canada, part of the Nations Cup, uh, you know, even post World Cup, we were, in, we were in Mexico for the preseason tournament, we were in Turkey, you know. These are playing uh, not fewer than four World Cup bound teams, Mexico, Costa Rica, uh, you know, and a couple of them, you know, while playing the Mexican tournament. So, uh, in Turkey too, remember we played Haiti, you know, won those games, but also playing New Zealand, uh, co-host. So, uh, those games have also, like I said, given us some positives. So, uh, internally, administratively, I think a lot has been done. Uh, we're also, I'm not monitoring closely, I think a lot has been done. Uh, the person in charge of the federation now, the president, uh, I think he was also pretty involved in resolving the crisis back in 2019. And now being in charge, definitely, he would not want to see a piece of that and anything that would in any way uh, put the country's image, uh, bring the country's image to the court and also possibly uh, bring some sort of national embarrassment uh, to the country. So I think a lot is done internally. And regarding the World Cup money, I think so much has been done behind the scenes to ensure that, yes, the players get their money and also get their allowances and wages. So I think this definitely has been looked into and surely I expect it shouldn't repeat itself. And we hopefully that and many other administrative issues won't disrupt uh, the, the, the uh, plans of the players and also the focus going into such a big tournament. Samuel, I'm curious, like in Nigeria has been con a consistently successful team um, in African women's football, but has there been any shifts in the following of the team over recent years as women's football has continued to grow globally? And yeah, I'm interested, what are Nigerian women's football fans like? I, I feel like in Australia, we're a bit sulky. I don't know what our personality is for others, but it sounds like you've got, uh, there's a lot of optimism, um, but they also sound very passionate. But yeah, I'd love to hear what it's like um, from your perspective. Yeah, well, anything well, Nigeria, you know, globally, we, we know how to gain attention. Like you saw uh, back to the, the 2018 World Cup, having possibly one of the most difficult GSs, and uh, that somewhat uh, really catapulted Nigeria's image. Even though on the pitch, we couldn't make, uh, we couldn't complement such massive attention we enjoyed. You know, almost everyone was, uh, was, was being abstracted to Nigeria due, due to that beautiful gesture we, we had. And I think it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And unfortunately, Nigeria didn't, uh, wasn't in Qatar. You know, it was somewhat a low. And uh, the Nigerian family was not too happy. But this time around, I think uh, the interest is growing. And I'm aware, if I'm not mistaken, that Nigeria Australia, again, is definitely putting a lot of uh, interest, you know, in terms of fans, uh, attendance, and tickets buying. I think it's, it's, it's definitely one of, going to be one of the, the interesting games to watch and probably one of the most watch game in the tournament. So, you know, when Nigeria is involved, you know, whether playing well or not on the pitch, everyone wants to be on the edge of their feet. They want to know, okay, what can Nigeria do? You know, Nigeria, Nigeria is a popular country, you know, one of the uh, most popular nations in Africa. And 
uh, globally too, highly ranked. So I think it's it's one key factor that we have Nigerians almost everywhere and even in Australia. So uh, we, Nigeria has once been in Australia, uh, you know, too well, and we had some sort of, uh, I think, during the Olympics, uh, you know, camping in Australia, and we, we, we seem to have had a very good time. So definitely we know this probably not to repeat itself. Nigeria has definitely been at the World, been at the World Cup this time. And in Australia, surely the attention of the pitch would surely be massive. The energy would start we will be so keen and so, so uh, uh, enticing, you know. Nigerians' energy is the vibe is always massive. So uh, you, it will never be less. Nigeria, anywhere, anytime, purely will always want to turn up and make everywhere they are uh, glow and close up. So it's, it's definitely going to be a massive aura. Nigeria will be bringing to the World Cup. And uh, what's the World Cup without Nigeria? It seems like it doesn't exist in the <laughs> You've already made us excited for Brisbane, Samuel. For Australia, Nigeria, you've got us all excited. <laughs> the vibes. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's a big ball. That's, that's, that's just the big excitement we need to create around the game. It's, uh, it has to do a lot more with what happens on the pitch. Or on the pitch, it's just 90 minutes. But on the pitch, it's much more. So I think we need to, we need to make it. We need to really, really see how best we could really, really uh, draw some eyeballs and uh, say, ensure that yes, we uh, we make a lot of it. But I think it's definitely going to be an incredible tournament. And for Nigeria, uh, regardless of how it comes out, definitely I believe Nigerians globally and also in Australia will have a very good taste of a tournament and also have a wonderful time for it. And I think Thomas uh, Randy Waldron and his girls, the Super Falcons, will surely not want to come out any 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 low. So because you saw. In, in France, uh, build up to the France. I think uh, a year earlier to France, we, we lost to France. It still, I think back in April, April 8th, yeah, in 2020, 2018. I know having lost to France, you know, many were like Nigeria, and we're missing the same France in the group stage. You know, you could have imagined oh, Nigeria, oh my goodness, this guy's. But again, we turn up against France, even up for that penalty in the late minute, you know, it has to be retaken, you know, it was, it was breathtaking, you know. Despite our loss in the, in the opening game against Norway, three 0 in the first half, uh, it was kind of uh, emotional. It was heartbreaking, and we feel like, oh well, we still have a chance. But you know, we turn up against Korea uh, after that, that key after that moment, and uh, against France, we thought we could have possibly shocked the champions, shocked the host. I mean, so uh, you know, well, when it's the big game, when it's the big stage, we know best how to turn up, and this will not be. It this will not be any different when we come to Australia. Samuel, we've got one last question for you. Who do you think is going to win the 2023 World Cup? <laughs> oh my God, that's going to be a big call because, well, it's, it's exciting the game has evolved. And uh, realistically, when you watch the game at the youth level, you, you see the potentials when you watch at the club level. I definitely, uh, by virtue of following, not just Nigerian players, African players globally, especially for, for other athletes I work for, even for half. I, I feel like, well, it's exciting times. It's exciting times. We have, uh, the game has moved. The interest globally is, is tripling, is amazing on and off the pitch. And on the pitch, I think now no country could say he owns, she, she owns the women's game. It's now open. Especially now, we're seeing the US, 
uh, we saw what happened at the Olympics. It gave us an, an, gave us an insight to the possibility that, yes, something different should be expected. So we may have had the Olympics three years ago, but telling you three years difference will be massive in how the World Cup turned out. So definitely I know uh, U.S. can never be rich enough, but surely uh, it would be a tall order for them to retain the tournament. So uh, for me, it might be going back to Europe. It might be going back to Europe, but I can't ignore the fact that uh, countries with great potential, uh, uh, countries like Spain, countries like Australia, uh, they are not just high-ranking teams on the on the on the on the on the FIFA ranking for 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 just the matter of it. England, they've shown it, and you know with the quality of talent and also uh, the coaching uh, quality they have, quality like Spain, even though they have a couple of internal issues, you know, especially regarding the the, the issues, administrative issues, which definitely uh, it's their own case, but doesn't limit the quality of talent they've produced uh, over the years. They've done dominance at the youth level, under 17, under 20. Uh, it's showing definitely they have really, really come up. So I think it's really, really going to be tough to decide. Uh, but I see Australia, Spain, England, and, uh, and possibly uh, US always coming close and not ignoring uh, the Olympic champions, winning champions, Canada. Samuel, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people follow your work? Oh, well, at this moment, I'm the managing editor of NigerianFootball.ng. Also, uh, I work for CAST uh, on Twitter, uh, Samuel Oamadu, on Instagram, Sam for Weekend. And uh, definitely, I write for a lot of outlets, uh, outlets though, uh, sometimes behind the scenes, since I left gold, I just do low key, but definitely produce content behind the scene for many platforms so but again uh surely uh nigerian football for nigeria's domestic games women's football nigerianfootball.ng surely is the plug and uh still service news nigeria service news.com so uh, many of these outlets a couple a number of them but again i think these are the key ones and you know surely uh in australia hopefully we'll get a connection at least keep raising the standard keep raising the profile not just nigerian football about African football. We have so much stuff to watch from Africa, even if you don't ask me, but again, I will tell you great potentials. You saw a glimpse of it at the Olympics, no doubt, uh, especially with Zambia. And definitely, you're going to see much more. Morocco, Zambia, Nigeria, South Africa, watch out for all of us. We can't wait. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got one more Group B opponent to talk about and then obviously the rest of the Women's World Cup group. So, again, so much to listen to in the next couple of weeks. As always, though, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app, as well as Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the usual pod spots. If you like what we do, you can subscribe and leave a review. And if you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next time, see us. Thank you.